I'ma say what I feel And I promise to keep it real Welcome to the Red Room Well, you gotta be a rider Till your fears are diminishing The doubts are behind ya It's hard to grind And the business got me stressed In the rent room We let that shit up off our chest You know the street nerd has got no time for no caca Sass in class Yes, that's Mr. Bolakaja Never have to guess When you're listening to Hilliard He gon' bring more game Than a shark playing billiards It's all about the crap of screenwriting It's exciting when you turn an outline Into something enlightening Your pen and words Are like bullets in a gun Write what you feel Say what you want Welcome to the Rant Room. Hey, what's up, y'all? It's your boy, Hilliard Guest, and you guys are listening to the Screenwriters Rant Room. Well, we keep it real, we keep it opinionated, we keep it what, Chris? 2019. <laughs> yeah. On this show, we discuss entertainment, TV, film, music, culture, but our focus is always screenwriting, stories, craft, and shit like that. Um, little disclaimer. <clears throat> see, you can cuss on my show. Uh, yeah, I see this. <laughs> uh, Lisa Bolakaj is out, but um, we got my man Chris Derrick in the house. Writer, producer, uh, cinephile, director, pimp dog, OG. How many How many more happens you want? I, I said no. You like, keep going, that's, bitch. You ain't done it. yet. I know. You're not. <laughs> <laughs> that was, uh, so we got a cool show for you guys. If you guys are grown, let's go ahead and get on in. So today we got our homeboy in the house. Thank you. Abdul, thank you, Williams, motherfucker, just won a goddamn Image Award. Thank you. Give me some of that. Thank you, man. Motherfucker, appreciate it. Appreciate it. We over here high fiving y'all. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes, much appreciated. Okay, writer, producer himself. I know. I saw that. I saw that. Yeah, producer credit. Had to carve that out. Yeah, like you know, I need some money. Don't you think they? Okay, motherfucker, ten movies in. They should give them some shit. Yeah, but I also I I earned that. I earned Mm -hmm. that because uh, yeah, like I you know when I first asked her, I was like, okay, now what? You know what I mean? Right now, it's uh, you know. The producer duty kind of like finds you because once you get it and they're going to pay you that, then like then like okay, well you handle this, you handle this. <laughs> and I'm like, oh okay, I guess. Right. Like, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You earn that money. Ain't no, ain't no more vanity titles. You don't, can't get that. You got to earn that shit. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, did you put money in? Yeah. No, no, we paid yeah. you, bitch. Yeah. So you got to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you ain't bringing no elements and no money, you're gonna have to do right. a lot of work. Get do up early, stay late, and do, do a lot of the, the grunt work. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So let's go in and tell the kids um, a little bit about who you are, how you got into the game. All uh, right. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, I came out here in uh, right after I graduated uh, college in '94, mm-hmm. uh, and took me a second to uh, it took me a second to you know hey. really get like a uh, a foothold. Um, you know, I mean, I was waiting tables when I first got Really? Out, you know, yeah. When See, I yeah, this is this shit that we love. Yeah, this straight up. Yeah. yeah, I'll tell you right. Red Robin at the Mall of Orange, <laughs> Orange County. I straight up was. But uh, I, uh, you know, I, I I knew that I wanted to write, but like I just didn't see a path to right. it. So I, I'd be lying if I came out here saying like screenwriting was my dream. Mm-hmm. I'd always written. I'd written plays and stuff like that in high school, and I'd short stories and and this and that. But I didn't know that that was going to be right. uh, necessarily my path because I just didn't. I was like, who do I know that writes? Like I've never, you know, I've never even met a professional screenwriter. Right. So, um, you know, like like all of us from our generation, Spike Lee was the example of like, Absolutely. okay, well, you know, but I knew I wanted a path into the business. So mm-hmm. uh, I had had an internship while I was in college at this at this place. And uh, one of the uh, people told me like when, you know, when you get out, if you can get a car, you can get yourself to Culver City. Like I have a company that uh, you can apply to. Um, hold on, hold on, hold on. My man was in Orange, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I was in Orange County. Yeah, bro, it's a long way. <laughs> it was a long way. Well, it's, it's, look, look, how bad do you want it though? Look. Yeah, my, my family was down there. Like I, I here's 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 the without going way way back into my origin story. It's all good. Born in Cleveland, Ohio. Mm-hmm. Parents divorced in the seventies. My mom uh, takes me, my brother, and sister, and uh, moved to California. She mm. wanted to get basically as far away from my father as she could get, so she stopped at the water, <laughs> right? And uh, and we, we came out here in the 70s. I lived here from like 77 until around 85. Okay. And then my mother and I, my older brother and sister were already out of the house. We moved back to Cleveland, so that's where I went to uh, you know junior high school there, high school, went to college at Ohio University, and then... <clears throat> when I was done, is that where you know the Derek brothers? Yep, we went to okay. high school together. Yeah. Yep, and uh, <clears throat> and uh, and his brother Chip and I went mm-hmm. to uh, o- Ohio U. So when uh, you know when I was graduated, my mom had already moved back. Like 
you know, she moves a lot. <laughs> you know, so she had already moved back out here. So I'd been coming out here for breaks and whatnot. Right. But I think during, between my junior and senior year, I got a uh, internship at this place. It was in Burbank called TVN, which was like a precursor to what DirecTV is mm-hmm. now. But they also like produce content and stuff like okay. that. So I met a few people. And uh, one of them uh, used to work for producers, uh, John Abnett and Jer- Jordan Kerner, right? right? right. The Abnett-Kerner company. Mm-hmm. And so uh, she was the one that told me, like, when you get back out, once you graduate, you know, let me know. I can make a call for you and get you an internship at this place. Hmm. So I graduated, but the thing was, I didn't have a car. You know what I mean? So I get out, you know, how you, and I'm living in Orange County. Right. So I got this job waiting tables, and uh, I saved up enough money to mm. buy a car. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then once I did, I was able to, like, you know, drive myself to their offices. They might even still be there. Well, they're not together anymore, but right. John, they might still, uh, it was them, and Steve Tish was in the same uh, oh, building. Yeah. And this was, so this is around, like, by this time, it's like 95. Mm-hmm. And uh, I started off as a uh, as a reader, basically. Like they had a real cool program. I don't know if production companies even do this anymore, but mm-hmm. this was like in the nineties when like specs were the shit. Okay. You, you would sell a million dollars specs. Well, I left them right. but people. I got were. the video. I yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Shane Black was and okay, all these other kind of cats. Which you know, I mean, like three, four million and shit. That's crazy. I, I, man, boy, was I born too late, man. But um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. No, at that time, so the spec game was so crazy mm-hmm. in the nineties that production companies they would just get flooded. Like agencies were just like sending them out so much every every week. Weekend yeah. that you couldn't possibly read them all. So uh, Abner Kerner had a program where they would just get like a lot of uh, aspiring writers and that kind of thing, mm-hmm. um, and anybody who like you know had any kind of a, a, an eye for it, and uh, they would give you like a stack of scripts every week to read, mm-hmm. and uh, and then we would you know we take them home for the weekend, and then we meet every Monday, and then you would just kind of go around the table and talk oh. about what you read and kind like, of workshop it, yeah, in a way. yeah, kind of workshop cool, yeah. and then doing like live coverage, you know mm-hmm. what I mean. So it was actually it was so cool because I mean you know that's that was my first time seeing like real like, you had to pitch what the story yeah, was so that's screenplay great. format and and, right. and and like learning how to write coverage like they would teach you how to do it mm-hmm. and um you know so then you're like it, and just like you know hearing what everybody was like looking for and what they you know what I mean so I, I it was it, all of it was like brand new to right. me um and so that was basically my start and then to make dough. To get out of Red Robin, um, <laughs> I like I, I, I applied for. Like, you were still there on the weekend, yeah, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> and I applied for basically any kind of um, you know gig I could get, like within the industry. So I did you know PA work, mm-hmm. and I did uh, I was a runner and uh, all that kind of stuff. I, my, so I just had a, a meeting recently. It's funny. I had a meeting at Netflix hmm. with this real cool uh, executive over there, and she, and so she, you'll laugh at this. So <laughs> she brings up to me. She goes, well, "Listen, before we start talking, I gotta ask you." She <laughs> She's like, I'm a huge fan of D3, which D3 is really? Mighty Ducks 3. Uh-huh. Oh, Mighty Ducks shit. 3 is the first screen credit that I right, ever got, right? right? I was a post-production PA. I was like, I was like, can I tell you, in all these years in this business, no one has ever IMD beat me and brought up my, my work on Mighty Ducks. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, she, but she was like, I'm a huge fan of that movie. And I just was like, wow. That, I mean, like, this is an absolute first. I was like, that is like a part of my life. That like, you know, no, no one ever brings that up. But she was like, no. Because she was a kid at the time, you know what I mean? And, oh, you yeah. know, and she was like, yeah, you know, and I was like, yeah, I used to pick up uh, Keenan Thompson and his mama at LAX and <laughs> Josh Jackson and all the, you know, all these, uh, you know, different people. I was like, yeah, that was I, everything that you needed to do in post for that gig. So when they had to go do the ADR and blah, 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 blah. And like, I've just kind of like watched them all grow up and I'm like now Keenan's you know like a Saturday night veteran and all this kind yeah. of stuff you know and it's just been a trip to kind of watch them all but yeah so that was I, I got that and like a few other like anything that they could kind of do to keep me mm-hmm. um, keep Did, me working I just remind, yeah. I don't know didn't you work in a vampire, the, the the Eddie Murphy vampire? No, no, no. One of our editors did that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember this guy. He edited a uh, vampire in Brooklyn. Yeah, 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 yeah But yeah. um, but uh, yeah. So I did that, and then from there, like I would just I, I got to be my coverage skills got a little better. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So like I would do freelance. I I, I was a reader for uh, you remember Live Entertainment? Yes. Yeah, Live yeah. Entertainment yes. was uh, Bill Block, whatever. Before it became, and then it turned to Artisan or whatever. So mm-hmm. I would read for them. So you met Karen, right? No, um, uh, it's a long path to that, but the, I, I don't want to take y'all to every little detail. But okay. the but the long and short of it, so I was, a, I, you know, I got to be a professional reader essentially, mm-hmm. right? <clears throat> and then um, I took a, an odd job. I was working at this place uh, on the Universal lot. I took it just to be on the lot, but it was a nonprofit called Survivors of the Show. Survivors of the Show Foundation, Steven Spielberg's thing after like Schindler's List or whatever. And I was like, oh, I'll be on the lot. 
Not know like I'm like working for a you know a, a, a Holocaust nonprofit foundation. <laughs> the one was the one brother in there. Yeah, right? yeah no, that is no lie. I was the one brother there. I was happy to be there. I learned a lot. You know what I'm saying? But uh, but I was like you know I was excited to, like get in the golf cart and like if I had to go on air or whatever. So while I'm there, I applied. I'm I'm you know getting. I had somebody that I knew had the UTA jobs list or whatever. So mm-hmm. I'm just like looking for anything I can apply to and. Um, the first real good, you know, industry job I got was uh, Carl Franklin's company. Oh, right. He had a deal at Fox 2000. This is around '97, mm-hmm. and they were looking for a uh, development assistant. And so uh, I got hired uh, to work for Carl mm-hmm. uh, and his uh, <laughs> wife Jesse Beaton, <clears throat> and uh, Karen was their developer. Right, Karen okay, Coffin right, was right, their right, development right. exec. And I'm still friends with all these people to this day. Mm-hmm. Like that was, you know, it's still like of all the the development jobs that I had, absolutely the best one. I mm-hmm. learned the most. Carl was just, I would sit there and like read the Devil in a Blue Dress script, mm-hmm. and like of all the scripts, <laughs> I, now I knew what to look for, whatever, and how he structured it. Mm-hmm. And I would just study it and just read it over and over and over again. So when I was writing my very first uh, script, Nickel Slick, yeah, Nickel Slick, boy, your memory, um, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I would study. Did, did we tell you he's a cinephile, by the way? No, I, you, well, you ain't got to tell shit. me. No, I know. Well, oh, let me also say full disclosure: <clears throat> Chris and I were living together at the time. Right, right, right. Uh, because he and his brother were out here. They came out like, got maybe a year before I did. Mm-hmm. And um, when I was looking to move from Orange County to LA, they just happened to be looking for another roommate at the time. And that was like a perfect fit. So mm-hmm. I moved from uh, Orange County to Woodland Hills and right. we lived together. For oh, many- that's where you guys were when? Uh, oh, fine. Yeah. So we huh. lived together for many years and like we're all just trying to like, you know, grind. Make it, yeah, grind yeah. and make it into business in yeah. one way or another. You know what I mean? They're directing <laughs> and I'm like finding my path to write. So, I, so when people ask me, how did I, um, become a writer, what I tell them usually is during those days when I was a reader mm-hmm. um, at Avnet Kerner, you know, <clears throat> you would get like, if you got good, if they started trusting your taste, then you would start getting the bigger spe- right. you know, specs, whatever. And I remember the first time I got something for, uh, from CAA, right? Mm-hmm. And you remember back in the day when you had physical scripts, right. you know, the script covers, whatever. I, and I was so excited. I was like, oh, I got a CAA <laughs> script, right? <laughs> so, so I took it, it home. better be good. <laughs> That's what I thought. I was like, now I'm gonna see some real shit. Usually right? you get DDD. Yeah. You're like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> no, I'd be, I'd be, I shouldn't like disparage these little smaller agencies, <laughs> but I'd be getting like stuff, and you know what I mean. You know, the the lower tier places, right? right? Yes. But then you know, they start getting better. You start getting better scripts. So I remember I got this. I, I have no idea what it was or who the writer was, but when I what I remember thinking was I finished it and I was like, that wasn't that good at all. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and, and I was like, and this guy got rep by CAA, exactly. and, I, and then I started thinking my little stories that I got in my notebook. Are as good as this shit. Right. If he could do it, that was really it. You know what I mean? I was like, if he, I remember that moment. I was think, thinking. I remember of, you used to complain. You used to complain about some of the work you got because mm. you would say that you would say that that people would they got rep. They had you know all yeah. this kind of stuff behind them, and it's like and. I, just, I remember you were, I remember the days You were yeah. up late And you were like I gotta be up late I gotta read three scripts <laughs> right, you know? right, right. And they're bad yeah. They're all coming from The top agencies And shit like that yep. I remember that Yep just, right. And yeah that's when, that's when You realize like What's on the other side Of that You know on that desk It's like If, you, if your shit doesn't grab you In the first ten pages you know, when you especially in them days when there was so many specs, mm-hmm. I wasn't gonna like waste more than ten. You know what I mean? If if, if I can't start seeing the potential missing ten pages, I'm out because yeah. <laughs> I got too much of a stack <laughs> yeah. to get through. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, right. you, know, yeah. uh, you know, so that you know, you realize like how how much you got to grab like right there and the do's and don'ts. I mean, that was really it. Like, I, I learned just as much from reading the bad scripts as I did from the good ones. You know what I mean? Well, that's the thing I tell people all the time. You can learn a huge amount from scripts that don't work mm-hmm. and from movies that don't work and why, and why they don't yeah. work do they fall apart in the third act yep. do they uh, you know what I mean are they uh, you know what I mean there, there's a there's a just, million there's a million things, you know, great premise you know what I mean but they, pace you know, tone everything yeah, ev- yeah. everything and then I also <clears throat> got to read like uh some excellent writers, you know, uh, um, Eric Roth and uh, uh, Richard LaGraveness and all these different, you know, because Carl would get everything, you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like, he was A-list at that time, uh, uh, you know, um, features. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so I remember reading, I I remember remember that I told you uh, the script for this movie called The Good Shepherd? Yes, yes. I was so, I was like, Carl, you gotta do this movie. Robert De Niro eventually ended up directing it or whatever. And this yeah. other movie you did that you, uh, I don't know if I like Carl Carr out too much on this, but um, <clears throat> that movie about the LA riots. 
Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Dark, 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 dark blue. The James Earl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was called Plague oh, Season at the yes, time. Yeah, uh, Plague Season. Dave, David Ayer David wrote Ayer, that. Yeah. Oh, that's the real, the one of my favorite yeah. writers. The really Training good ones. Day and all yeah, the, the really good ones you remember, like yeah. from development, you really do remember. And I and there there were certain ones, man. And you know, Carl, God bless him, was he was he would pass on everything. And I, sometimes <laughs> it, was, it was hard. <laughs> it was to hard to, well, I mean, I'm, I'm that's just, their job. You see, yeah. you see, this is the reason. I mean, I'm not I'm not trying to call Carl out, but I remember and two got out turn whatever. There was a story you told us about Carl about, about plague season about why he didn't want to do it. And that's right. very interesting. Is that being black in LA in the late nineties to tell a story about the corrupt police in LA? Yeah, it's like you could get stopped. You could get. Close. I mean, he, yeah, he was scared about getting stopped. Well, Carl, Carl was right. a Carl was a and still is like a sixties revolutionary. Like he's right. never stopped. Like you know what I mean. So. We actually had Plague Season in development. He was going to do it, but it just had to be right. You know mm. what I mean? Like, it had to be, like, totally, you know, just right. Uh, and then... Timing what, is everything. Yeah. What ended up happening was uh, we lost our deal at Fox mm. 2000, right? And so um, I'm looking for another job, and I, I'm, all, I'm, at the fo- I'm on the Fox lot, and Carl had a relationship with Denzel. Mm-hmm. Um, Denzel's company. Who was his person? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Denzel Ripley. He was a small, he, was a, he used to be a Negro League baseball player. No, I'm playing. Uh, no, nah, he, you know, so Denzel's uh, had a uh, deal at Big Fox at the time. He mm-hmm. had, um, and I just, so they were looking for an assistant. You know what I mean? So uh, a guy who I'm still friends with, uh, Cecil Cox, ran his company. Mm-hmm. They hired me. So I went from Carl Franklin's company to Denzel Washington's company, Monday Lane. I was there for a year. Same thing, like you're getting the top of the top of, like, sure. you know, of, of scripts. The big thing that we were working on while I was there was uh, Antoine Fisher. Mm. And, uh, he was Which prep- was his directorial. Yeah, right? he was prepping that, exactly. Mm-hmm. I remember him telling me at the time, he was like, you know, I'm not going to be acting forever. And I'm like, I, I'm, you know, he was thinking even then, this is late 90s, mm-hmm. of what his transition was going to be. Wow. And so... Um, <laughs> 2019, he's still yeah. acting. Yeah, he's still acting. <laughs> you know, that director. Yeah, but I mean, but now he's doing all the stuff with right. the August Wilson plays. Right. Like, he's definitely, you know what I mean? But that game plan, the seeds were there even yeah. then. You know what I mean? Um, and so, yeah, I worked there for... It, it, that lasted a year because I couldn't believe it, but then Denzel lost his deal. Mm. This was like, I mean, when I got out here in the 90s, I remember like, and y'all old enough to remember this, mm-hmm. you go through the Hollywood creative director. Right. Everybody had, had a deal, deal. right? <laughs> I remember, I mean, no, no shade or whatever. I remember Jasmine Guy had a deal. Oh, like, wow. She had a, she had a deal on the Sony lot, and I, mean, I would just flip through there, and I was like... <laughs> Because it was just that's what it was. You she know was what I mean? Hot yeah. though. She was hot. You got you got and over. Was, but hot. see, you got to realize they were the town was so awash in money. Mm. They didn't know what the fuck to do with money. Yeah, yeah they, they like you know everybody what? got a deal. See your deal, car, yeah, free assistance, ex- expense report for everybody. Yep. You know, go do everything because we don't know what the fuck we want. Here's some money for some cocaine budget because you know, <laughs> right? Right. Everybody, just, everybody was doing that shit. Right. Everybody. Nobody that I work for. I, let me just say that Carl. <laughs> was that, like, nobody that I work for was. <laughs> But uh, <laughs> but no, but it was it was just like I mean, but and all the A listers, Wesley and Forrest, and like everybody had deals. You know what I mean? And the thing was, and it wasn't just them. All the you know the white stars did too. Mm-hmm. You know, but but like you would get these overhead deals, these big budgets <clears throat> and big staff or whatever, and not make anything, or mm-hmm. you make something, but not for the per- for the studio that you have your deal with. Right. And and after a while. I, this is. I just think you know they were like shit. I could just pay you to be in a movie. I don't need to be paying for your own. <laughs> you know what I mean? Office like, is shit. You know, exactly. yeah. Do anything for me and giving you, you know? office space on a lot and all this kind yeah. of stuff. So like you know, even big names, if they weren't really servicing that deal, they started losing their deals. Mm-hmm. And Denzel was like, you know, whatever. Like he's making twenty million a movie or whatever mm-hmm. or something close to it at the time, and um, he wanted to direct anyway. So. Uh, you know, his wife was super nice to me and was like, Hey, Denzel really likes you. You know, um, you're from Cleveland, right? I go, Yeah. She's like, We're going to be shooting a movie there. You know what I mean? Like, he would love to, you know, keep you on. I'm like, Great. And, um, I'm waiting at the time, by this time, you and I weren't living together anymore. I had moved out. Uh, but, um, you know, so I'm like, just kind of like biding my time, but I wasn't. You know, I was kind of living check to check. You know what I mean? So while I'm waiting for them to prep and tell me like when I'm going to start or whatever, it just the call just came too late and, and I had to find something. So I applied for some other stuff and I ended up getting a job. This is the last development job I had. I ended up getting a job at what was then called uh, SNL Studios. It's now hmm. Broadway Video. It's Lauren Michaels Company right. at uh, Paramount. <clears throat> and so I got hired there around February 2000. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, again, as a development assistant. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was there for, man, like three years. Really? But 
the thing was they kept promoting me, hmm. right? So um, moved up the crew chief. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, you know, start started this now I'm on the fries, right? Uh, but you know, but so here's so what I'm not telling you guys is. For going from Carl's company, Denzel's company, and now this, I was writing in earnest the whole time. I was writing specs. Really? I was, yeah, you know, so when you're an assistant, mm-hmm. you, even though assistants in Hollywood are very busy, but you can do that. You can mm-hmm. carve out your time uh, to do that. So, and again, like I'm reading Carl's stuff and I'm look, looking at all the scripts that I have coming in and it's like shaping, you know, my voice. And so I, I that first script, I don't know how many drafts I wrote it at 20, 30 drafts. With a nickel you know what I mean? Trying to get it right. Yeah. But, but see, okay, so he wrote this really, really amazing script. A low budget is, is low budget, mm-hmm. but it had this great heart to it. It's this. It's based on some events in his life. It's called Nickel Slick. Based on the time I got I robbed. I love that yeah, title. Yeah, 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 it's, it's, it's based robbed. on the time I got robbed. He got robbed <laughs> yeah, held up at gunpoint with, with the mutual friend that we know from yeah. Cleveland, and mm-hmm. yeah. it's set like it, like the, the. It's. I mean, reading it, being from there, knowing Abdul, it was like this interesting kind of like. I don't want to say nostalgic piece, but it felt right. like, okay, I'm going home and it's done right. You know, right. these guys Thank are, you. remember what Carl Seaman was saying, mm-hmm. I got to be on shy so it's done right, you mm-hmm. know? And it, it was, it was just a great script. And um, I remember he was working on it for a long time yeah. because there was like some, it was uh, some elements, there was two different, there was two different kind of stories going on. There was Boy, the, your memory is just like, I can't <laughs> believe you remember all this. is 20 yeah. something years ago, yeah. man. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You're like, I don't even remember that fucking script. Yeah. No, I remember, no, it was, I'll tell you, I'll tell you really brief. Basically, uh, I, I was in college and I came home for winter break. I was with um, my best friend from high school, this guy named uh, Tyrone, who I still know. And Did you uh, call him? Uh, did I call him? Yeah, 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 I called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you can't use my phone. No, um, no. So we we were, we were, went to the store, got something to eat. We're coming back. It's around Christmas time. A little mm-hmm. snow on the ground, and um, I see some homeless guy coming towards us. And the guy is like, you know, um, he he mumbled something. I couldn't quite hear him. We walked past him, like we're you know going opposite sides. And so I'm just like, oh, it's Christmas time. I wonder what, you know, maybe he needs a dollar. So I run back up. I go, what did you say? And uh, he goes, I need a, I want a cigarette. And I was like, oh, I don't smoke, but my buddy does. Come here, Ty. Mm-hmm. He comes over, whatever. And then as soon as we get close enough to him, the dude like, pulls a gun on us. He goes, he goes, get in between this, you know, these two buildings in this alleyway. And I was just like, I, man, I just remember thinking like. And you were trying to help the motherfucker. Uh, yeah. Oh, but I also good. remember thinking like. There goes my street sense. I've been down in College Town right, too long. Like right. you know what I mean. Like I don't. I, I forgot where I'm at. Right. And then the other thing I remember thinking was, please don't steal my sneakers because it's snowing and I gotta <laughs> fucking get home. You know what I mean? And he didn't. But he took all our shit and Damn. and so whatever. So so the long and short of it is, we leave. You know what I mean? I'm I don't know. I'm maybe 20 years old or whatever. My buddy's about the same age. We go back to his apartment. There were some dudes uh, there. Whatever. We tell them what happened. Bixlers with the Bixlers? No, it was it, well, maybe it was like, you know, a couple of white cats, a couple of white cats, or whatever. But but the testosterone gets going. Right. Man, fuck that shit. Blah 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 blah. We need to go find his ass. And so we were, and so like, and I'm not gonna be no punk, right? So I was like, all right. So we, what do we? We don't have no guns. We're not gang. We're like college kids, right? So I, this is no joke. My boy grabs a bat that he had. I grabbed a frying pan, <laughs> a, like a cast iron, like a skillet, a skillet. I shouldn't hey, say frying. That'd pan. knock a motherfucker. Yeah, out. it would though, right? And so we went out. We pile in this car. It was like a Bronx. Tail, and we're driving around the streets in the neighborhood that I grew up in, mm. and we're just driving around. And now, after a while, you're like, you're like, you know, no one's saying it, but you're thinking, it's so like, what the fuck are we doing? Like, right. what are we going to do? We're right. going to go kill this guy? You know what I mean? So, like, we're not going to find him. We realize that, and we're just about to go home, and then we see this guy walking Man. down the street. Some dude is walking down the street, and so my my boy goes, he goes, that's him. And I was like, we couldn't see him because we were looking at him from the back. Mm. I was like, I was like, are you sure? He's like, that's him, that's him. And everybody else who wasn't even there, like, yeah, that's him, that's him. <laughs> so, so, uh, so somebody's like, pull up to this guy. We pull up, we pull up behind him. My heart is fucking racing right uh-huh. now, right? I was real big and bad uh-huh. grabbing the skillet in the apartment, <laughs> right? But now it's like, and I was like. I guess we're about to do this, right. right? And I don't want to punk out. And so we get out of the car and we walk up behind him. And remember, I said it was a light snow on the ground. So when you, when it's like that, your shoes like crunch. crunch. Yeah. This guy turns around. Of course, it wasn't the guy. <laughs> and he looks at us, and it was the, I'll never forget this moment. He didn't say anything. His eyes were wide as fuck because he's like, I'm about to be killed. We didn't say anything because we were like, we were about to kill this guy, right? Like, I've got my fucking skillet raised, my, you know? And then we just, everybody just comes up. 
Hmm. We went back in the car, went home, did not speak of it again. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? I told my boy and I, I got home and, you know, I took the train home, you know what I mean, to my house or whatever. And years, like for years and years, we didn't talk about it, but I mm-hmm. never forgot that incident. And so the premise of the script was, what if that guy, if that guy hadn't turned around? Mm-hmm. And they kill him. Damn. Yeah. They kill, yeah. Well, they kill this guy and then it's the wrong guy. It's the That's wrong guy. Great, yeah. great premise. And a, great the, premise pimp yeah. guy, the guy who robbed him, his name is Sugar. Sugar, yeah. Like I, I built up this whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Was he at the Vales or some shit? Like, yeah, he was. He was a recent like I, the story I invented. He was a recently released ex con. Really, really, really good. Really, yeah. really good so, uh, so anyway, yeah, that, I worked on that like a, a, a number of uh, God, I don't know how many drafts, you know, whatever. But like the whole time while I was working development, the point of all that is I was writing, mm-hmm. and so I try after that one I wrote a romantic comedy, and you know, I mean, I'm always you know like write what you know kind of shit, mm-hmm. right? Did you write the sweet science or something? I wrote that was that was later. Sweet <laughs> what man? It's like literally like you remember the old show. This is your life. Right. That's what this is. <laughs> so yeah, when I was working at SNL, um, I wrote a I wrote a spec uh, called The Sweet Science, and it was a it was a, a comedy set in the world of boxing, and it was basically like what would happen if a really down on his luck fighter who just needed any kind of a break and was willing to do damn near anything, mm-hmm. he agreed to a fight against the top ranked female boxer in the entire world, right? <laughs> and uh, and it became this huge spectacle, and it was like mm-hmm. going to be the first time a man you know fought a woman or whatever, and over the course of their training because they're training in the same place, they end up falling for each other. Okay. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. Um, so that got a, that got me repped. Um, I got repped at uh, an agency called Writers and Artists, which I mm-hmm. think is long since defunct. And I used uh, to love that name. I always yeah, wanted to be with Writers that name. and Artists. That was yeah. a cute name. And then uh, and then I was at the firm. Uh, oh, if really? you remember the firm, mm-hmm. yeah. But like, I mean, kind of hip pocketed. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you know, I, my agency journey was just like you know, just like everybody else. Right. You know, when you're a young writer, you just shit wasn't easy. Disrespected, right? Hip pocketing, oh, like that's such a, that's so <laughs> disrespectful. Yeah, we'll like, rep you, yeah. but nah, we won't. But you can't call it's, us. It's like just call yeah. me when you get a job, yeah. and then we'll <laughs> take it. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's like that's like when you dating or whatever. But like, yeah, we talking, but I ain't claiming you yet. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's yeah. that kind of shit. So I was like, I was just happy to be anywhere. I was like, thanks. You know what I mean? I'll give you ten percent if I sell. It on my own, you know, sure, just to you know, yeah. dumb. So, uh, I, w- I was there, whatever. Um, I- I'm probably like losing a lot of the details over the That's years, but but the, the the long and the short of it was, um, I was like sneaking out, taking my own development meetings, and again, SNL kept promoting me. So, I go from like this to a junior executive, mm-hmm. blah blah blah, to like I'm you know. I guess that's what I don't even know what my title was at the end, but like <clears throat> I was there for three years. SNL was an interesting place because like we would get you know all the comedy specs and whatever, mm-hmm. uh, some good, some not. The last thing that I remember, and I, I can't take any credit, like I didn't have one good idea for this, but the last <laughs> de- thing that we developed was uh, Mean Girls. Oh, really? And uh, I remember when the first draft came in. And uh, I was like, we had to take it home for the weekend, and I read it, and it's the best first draft of anything I've ever read. Hmm. And I was like, I, you know, I knew who Tina Fey was, but she wasn't hosting like uh, the, you know, the news segment yet. Hmm. I remember watching her audition tapes to do hmm. that. Like she was like head, st- she was the head writer on the show, mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. and I read it, and I was mm-hmm. like. I'm supposed to come back and give notes on this? Like, what the fuck do I have to say? I can't make this any funnier than it is. It's already brilliant, right? right. And this is her first draft that she wrote while they were in production, like wow. on, on her, you know, on her spare time. And I just remember thinking, like, what am I doing? Like, is, you know what I mean? Because, you know, you make, I was making decent money by now in development, and it's really hard to walk away from a check, but I was like, this is not really what I came out here to do. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So... I had a boss, uh, you know, uh, from New York. He would, you know, come out and, uh, you know, we're on the Paramount lot. And one day he goes, Abdul, hey, man, why don't we, uh, let's take a walk to the water tower, get some coffee. And I was oh like, boy. my boss ain't never asked me to go to the water tower. <laughs> was this Richard? Was this no, this wasn't Richard. This is this guy named Jack Sullivan who still runs Lawrence Company. Um, Dead man walking. Yeah, yeah. No, I knew it. Like I, yo, when your boss says, let's walk and go get coffee, I was like, this never, ever would he right. do that? So we walk in and I remember him asking me, he was like, is this really what you want to be doing? And I was just like, nah, not really. You know, he's like, you're right, right? I heard it. I was like, yeah. He goes, well, listen, you know, we're going to be, we're making some, you know, decisions like we're going to let you go. I was like, right. <laughs> and he said, but but I, I never get this. He says, but we're gonna give you six months of severance, nice. and, you'll, and you'll keep your health insurance. And, and I was can, like, yeah, wow. yeah, for that six months. Generous. But I was like, that's unheard of. Now yeah. six months of severance, that's a long time. And so I, I remember thinking to myself, I was like, I have got to make something happen. That's this a was this, this was two thousand three. Mm-hmm. I've got to make something happen. Like if I if I'm not gonna do it now, like there's never gonna be. I'm never gonna get a, a larger cushion than this. Yeah. And the long story short is, I haven't uh, had a legit job since. You know what I mean? Like that's that was the last you know nine to five job I had. I've been I've been writing for a living ever since. Mm-hmm. So that was uh. What, what was your your um what would you, what would you call your break? 
The, 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 um, I wrote a uh, that year uh, the spec that I wrote. I wrote another comedy. Now, again, you saw it started as a comedy writer. Like that's really what I was doing. Right. Even though like Nickel Slick wasn't that at all. But um, it was this uh, it was this uh, script called Born to Roll, and it was about a father son oh, yeah, um, yeah. getaway driver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was really good. Thank you. Really, thank really, you. Really, yeah, because I, I, I remember it. See, yeah. I remember it. Like you yeah. said earlier, the the scripts you read, you know, over twenty years. Mm. The ones that are really good, you still like remember, a, like I a good book, like they just stay with you. Like, oh, because there's, yeah. you know, I mean, I, I, you know, I've known Abdul for, very, as you know, a very, very long time. Mm-hmm. He's there's always these ideas that he comes up with where they got really cool titles, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and there's always some little uh, the, the the human drama. In mm-hmm. his work is always really interesting. Right. It's always well, you were talking about the heart earlier, yeah. Too. Mm-hmm. It really keeps you in Thank you, man. to the story and keeps you going. And then, you know, it's, I mean, this is, I mean, that was a transition. I've always find it strange is that it's like, it's so many great jokes on the page, so many funny stuff. Mm-hmm. And then you're now like transitioning and doing this other stuff, yeah. you know, because there's, so, because the thing about like reading his scripts, now this is weird too, because it's like, if you know someone and know their humor, and you kind of can like catch the places that they're gonna say a joke. Mm-hmm. When you're reading the script, it might not be that funny of a joke because you can kind of like see it coming. Right, right. But Abdul, he always gets you laughing like on the page out loud. <laughs> That's you know? hard to do. And you just, you, there'd be a line, a dialogue. There'd always be some Look, dialogue line. And I'm gonna say. <laughs> This trip, because you went from, uh, was it Carl Franklin to mm. SNL? Mm. And you adjust. And, and there's something in, I always tell all the young writers, you know, all these guys who hang out with me, it's all in, the more you read, the more you learn. Yep. And the more you start to see how it's done, so you start to understand the structure. You start to understand how it's written on the page. You start to understand people's voices. And right. you could take little pieces of all that to become you. Yeah, You absolutely. know what I mean? Absolutely. And so I'm not surprised that you went from, what you wrote to now you're writing comedy. You were there for years right, reading all comedy scripts for the most part. Yeah. So, I, I mean, was, you, I had, you developed And, and most of my original voice. ideas at the time were all in the, in the comedy world, and they mm-hmm. kind of still are. But, um, but so, so uh, yeah, so I wrote this uh, spec, Born to Roll, and uh, I had been repped at this time. I was at a different manager. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't even know if, I didn't think I had an agent, but I had a manager at the time. And um, they took it out, went wide with it, the whole thing. And it got a lot of attention right. it didn't ultimately sell but it got a lot of attention and a lot of people liked it you and did your little water bottle bottle tour yeah all that, yeah. all that kind of stuff man and you know and I'm like my my um, severance is getting ready to run out right. transitioning <laughs> on now, you know this is what I want to hear yeah this yeah, yeah hear. straight up like I'm living in I was living in a little uh, studio apartment in Studio City with a bed that came out of the wall you know what <laughs> I mean like like the Fonz or some shit right. I was there for a long time because it was rent control mm-hmm. but uh, <laughs> but uh, you know so I'm, I'm, I'm just grinding I'm like I just gotta get booked I gotta I, you know I was re- had obviously really high hopes to sell that one and I thought mm-hmm. we had a good chance and we came close but it just it, it, you know wasn't the time yeah. so uh that was that was like fall of 2003 and then as we get to you know uh 2004 or actually towards the end of 2003 there were two assignments that came up one was um you know and this is when like you know as a young writer i was i was laughing about this with another writer friend uh, the other day of like how thirsty i was right. i would have taken Anything, like anything that was going to pay me to write, I would have taken anything, right. and that was five dollars, ten dollars. Yeah, matter. yeah. I was like, you know, <laughs> I, mean, I remember. I don't want to call you out. No, no. There call was me a, out. There was a script he told me about called Sparklets Man. Yes. <laughs> Do you want to know that? It's so funny that you say that because I, I told this story the other day. Okay, a good friend. I feel like I should have him remain nameless. Uh, was a producer, and he was at this company, and they had some money or whatever. They had had a hit with like an urban comedy, mm-hmm. and he liked me, and he was like, uh, you know, I want to develop something with you, da da da. And actually, they now now that I think about it, yeah, they they actually bought something from me, but mm-hmm. it was like a very small amount of money. But um, this is like maybe two thousand two. So anyway, he's like, I have an idea for this this pitch, and I go, okay, what is it? He goes, uh, he goes, basically, you know, every day the sparklets guy comes into our office, and you know, with the 
big thing or whatever. And it, and he's like, and I look and I can see the women in our office like, look at this dude, like yeah, this is some handsome guy, or whatever. Yeah. And he's like, wouldn't that be something like a, a sparkly? And I was like, hey, you know, <laughs> and so I go, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that sounds great, you know. And so uh, he's like, yeah, so come on. like, and that was basically all he gave me, like, and I was like, okay, so basically, like, I want to do like the adventures of this dude who delivers water. I was mm-hmm. like, all right, you know what I mean? And I and then like, you know, he was just like, you know, just a lot of set pieces, a lot of laughs, or whatever. It was just some dog shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, but I worked up this pitch, and then he tells me, he goes, <laughs> this is timestamp this when this is. He tells me, he's like, listen, do you know who Dave Chappelle is? I go, yeah. You know what I mean? Now he goes, well, listen, uh, you know, he was in this movie for us, da da da, and like I have a good relationship with him, and I want you to pitch it to him, but you have to do it on the phone because he's in New York Jesus and he Christ. just got his deal to do this show on Comedy Central, but like, but you can, you know, and I was like, sure, you know. <laughs> so, so Dave gets on the phone or whatever, and it's the three of us, he's like, hey, you know, the guy introduces, hey, Dave, you know, this Abdul's a young writer, I think is really, really funny, and he's got this great idea. Of course, he doesn't say it was his idea. He's like, he's got this great idea. He's like, and Dave's like, hey, man, nice to meet you, man. You know, blah, blah, blah. You know, just super cool, whatever. We're on the phone. I go, okay. And I launch into it, and I'm like reading from my notes or whatever. And like, at first, he was like, you know, first, like, you know, minute or whatever. Yeah. And then after a while, like, just nothing. I don't hear anything on the other end. And I got to get through the pitch, right? So I go through the whole thing, and then I'm, and I'm like, and that's the end. And then there's like nothing on the phone for a while. And then he says, okay. All right, well, nice to meet you, man. You know what I mean? And yeah. and I, I mean, I'm like sweating. You know what I mean? And and I just remember thinking, like, you know, obviously Dave passed on that, and decided to do Chappelle show for some reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, <laughs> and so but he missed his chance. Yeah, you know yeah, he missed his chance to do Sparkles Guy, which could have blown him the fuck up. <laughs> but uh, but <laughs> what I, the one thing I'm thankful of of that experience is that we did it on the phone. So if I ever see him in person, oh, right. he never says, "You that fucking guy that missed that <laughs> dumb Sparkles Guy idea." You know what I mean? But but that's like. Like when you when you're hungry and you're just trying to get something, and you know what I mean, I, I I'd have done damn near anything. Right. At that, I was just because no, I'm trying you to want, pay the rent. You want the money. I I'm mean, trying to pay. The, yeah, and I'm trying to like finally get my foot in the door. door. It's crazy. I mean, and you need the credits, and you need the credits. Yeah, yeah. Like, and you and you need people. It's not just the credits, but because the credits can come. I mean, this is a movie I remembered he did mm-hmm. that didn't get made, but people talk about it. The executives talk about it, and they go, oh, you know, fucking Abdul did XYZ. It was great for us, you know? Mm-hmm. And you get the reputation right. of, because you can deliver the best script imaginable. Right. All these other factors cannot can not make it go forward. Yep. But but if you did you know the part you know that allowed the producer to, to bang the streets, they remember that and they'll yeah. talk about you. And that's how you get other work. And that's how I mean that's the way. Oh, oh, that's the thing that's interesting about this business is that there's so many ways to get money right. that aren't about oh my movie got made. You oh know, no, no, absolutely. I know a lot of writers who like, I mean, especially, you know, kind of, you know, in the golden age of specs or whatever, mm-hmm. who like made, I mean, got beautiful big houses and mm-hmm. made tons of money and never got to produce credit. Right. You know what I mean? Like they just script doctor, they just do, you know, this, that, yeah. and the third. And I thought, I wondered for a long time if that was gonna be my path. You know what I mean? Like I'll just never get anything made, I'll never, you know. But um That's what I did for years. So, yeah, yeah. No, I, I mean I was I was just, you know, out there just toiling yeah. and toiling and toiling, you know. But all those years in development, that's what I tell people. That was my film school. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, that was where I learned the craft, really, was just reading other scripts, you know, like thousands. I, don't, I can right. lost count of how many um, scripts that, that I read. And I don't know, when, when young writers ask me now, like, you know, what's the path? And I'm like, that was my path. I don't know that that path necessarily exists anymore no. because I don't think not there's like that it. many, like, development jobs anymore. There's not that many development jobs, particularly in movies. They're not even trying, like you said, the spec market then was people were trying to find that like million dollar script, that two right. million dollar script that they right. were bidding wars on the weekends and mm-hmm. shit come back, oh, we owe this for three everything million dollars. Everything went out on shit, Friday. You know? mm-hmm. yeah. By Monday, you, you knew know, what was up. So, right. so that's all gone. And I mean, and then the type of movies that people would come up with, you know, back then, you know, as I was telling someone, there was a, I was, it was a list I came up, someone sent me a list of like their top 50 movies from 2002, right? right? And I, and then I, and I just looked at it and kind of cut it down to like the top 15 I posted on Instagram and I was like, so look at these movies. This is, this is this guy's list of top 15 movies. Mm-hmm. Two of these would get made today. Wow. The, and the other ones are all great movies, but they're so kind of like, 
they're risky bets. Like the, that guy's top film was like adaptation. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Adaptation would never get made today. Not today. Like, It'd be no, a Netflix movie no, if, if exactly. it got made. Yeah. Yeah. If that, if that, if that, you know. And it was all these movies like that. There mm-hmm. were like these really things that people kind of and Punch Drunk Love was up there. Mm-hmm. It just seems that people were kind of risking the type of movies that they would want to make because they wanted to do something that would kind of like, you know, like affect the culture in mm-hmm. a way. Right. And that's not even done anymore now. So, yeah. so, so even those type of scripts are not are not going to come around because those are the scripts that when you read them, like you say to yourself, "Who the fuck wrote this? Well, who right. came with this idea? <laughs> yeah. You know, be all year right. reading something and something like, um, you know, like fucking uh, Eternal Sunshine comes across your yeah. desk and you're like, yeah. what the hell is this shit? Mm-hmm. And you don't even. It's like, funny there was two Charlie Kaufman movies, movies that you yeah. reference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, yeah. He, he one of those guys that you. Yeah. I mean, and, and he I was thinks thinking, differently. I was thinking about it the other yeah. day. He had a movie out in probably a decade. Yeah, I haven't yeah. thought about it. You know, no, 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 I mean, it takes a long time for him to come up with some shit. It's true. Yeah, yeah, you know, but yeah. it's just but because he probably does ninety drafts of that shit. But right. it's one of those things where you mm. say to yourself, that yeah, the path to getting it's the thing that Jethro always says. Mm-hmm. Once you find your path to get in. You like seal up the door behind you. Yeah. You know, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I've, I've tried not to. Yeah, do. I'll do no, 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 Why no, you ain't letting nobody in? No, no, no. I'm not saying it's you have yeah. sealed it. I'm but, saying it's you. But, but, it, but it has been sealed because that's a path. Because he yeah. was, like, Jeff has an analogy that it's this big fucking dam and it's keeping everybody out. Right. And, and, and you're knocking on the door to get in and stuff like that. And the minute you get in, those people who are building the dam go, seal that shit up because no one's right. going to come in that <laughs> way. Right. You know? Yeah. And it's kind of. Especially people of color. Right. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's I, I can't deny it. It is true. That is that it. That is true. It's. I mean, nobody said this business was fair. Right? No, you know what I mean? No, no, it was unfair to me for a long time, but then all of a sudden it was. You right, know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, so long. So, so the the two uh, gigs that I went through, and this is really what, like, yeah, that's what my breakthrough mm-hmm. was. So one was a project that I can. I mean, I can say this now. Whatever. <laughs> it's another shitty thing, but it was set up at MGM. And um, it was called Don Cornelius. Oh, yeah. Don, Don, Don Cornelius, the, the premise was basically this. I didn't come up with this. They, it was an open writing assignment. He lying. He wrote it. Nah, well, I wrote a <laughs> draft of it. I wrote, I wrote a draft of it, but I'll, I'll, tell you, I'll, I'll name names. I'll tell you who, who was on it. <laughs> Tolan Robbins were the producers. Mm-hmm. Very good friend of mine, Charlotte Sumter, was, uh, she now runs Tim Story's company. She mm-hmm. was one of the execs. Uh, Devon Franklin was oh, yeah. a uh, young exec at, at MGM at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, I can't remember, there were some other people involved too, but basically the premise was this. What if Tony Soprano, back in the day, had like a guy like Tony Soprano, what if he had uh, had a black mistress, right, mm-hmm. way back when? And then, you know, things ended or whatever, but what he didn't realize is that he fathered a child, and that child is now an adult, and that dude comes uh, around and is like, hey, Tony Soprano, you got a black son. His name is Cornelius. Don Cornelius. Uh. Right? <laughs> so, <laughs> so that was all there. And they were like, can you? And it was like some white writer had written it. They're like, can you kind of black this up and make it more like? And I, and I, and I was, well, sure I can. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, you know, just uh, add a couple of nigga words. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you know, Devon was like a young. I mean, we would probably laugh at this now. Devon was like a young exec, and he's trying to earn his stripes. And where you know, so he and I, like at, at a certain point, it was just like him and I, like kind of just trying to work it out and, uh, and 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 make it funny and make it relevant and da 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 da. And you know, it didn't work. But that was my first paid studio okay. gig. And right and like Domino, like right after that, the other one that I got was, and it was a drama. It was a uh, novel adaptation from Miramax called uh, Bling. Yes. Right? Yes. And Bling was a like a sat. It was kind of it was a comedy drama. It was a satire of the music industry at the time, and it was a great novel actually. And the um, the writer who wrote it, she uh, passed away. Uh, her name was Erica Kennedy. Um, hmm. so, yeah. She was a senior been an old though. No, she wasn't. She, she took her life. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, but uh, she had, you know, made this big splashy deal and sold this thing to Miramax. You know, obviously when the Weinstein's were, uh, ran it at the time. Mm-hmm. And I remember, like, I had to jump through some hoops to get that. Mm. Um, I really, like, I, I remember pitching I mean, for it like a bunch of times, and okay. they even called like references on me. Like, no, yeah. you know, they were like, you know, this guy. You know, it, it was the craziest shit. But can I can I just ask you a question? Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, we've we've talked about this a lot, a lot on the show, but I just like to hear different mm. perspectives. When you when you go out on an assignment, let's tell the kids like how it yeah. works. You, the agent calls, you get a right. call, like right. step by step. If you, you have to, yeah, you get it. You get a call about what it is. Like they'll send you. Sometimes they'll send you like a, a, a brief synopsis of what it is. Sometimes like now they send send like a deck. Mm-hmm. A lot of time, like a lot more like fully fleshed out. But sometimes it's just a video or a news story or whatever it mm-hmm. is that they want to, or it's an existing script that that you they're looking for a writer to rewrite. And uh, the basic process is you get some time to come up with a take. You know what I mean? Sometimes that 
you, you get longer than others. Like when you're more established, like now I can tell them uh, if I'm interested in it, I have the luxury to say I'll come in when I'm ready. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? But when it's like you know, they, the guild has been actually good about trying to like crack down on cattle call uh, pitches. Mm-hmm. But back in those days, that's what it would be. You'd pitch and like every other black writer in town. Yeah, and they all be sitting outside yeah. like an audition. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you would see people come in and out of the room yeah. or whatever. I've definitely had that experience. You know what I mean? Oh, what's up, man? I ain't seen you in a minute. Right. Yeah. How'd you do? Yeah. All right. Good. Yeah. yeah good yeah. luck. You know, because I mean, I was never hating on anybody. Nobody was ever hating on me. It was like, <laughs> yeah. you know, one of us going to get it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I, if, I, if I don't, I'd rather be somebody that Absolutely. I like. That's Absolutely. how I felt. You know what I mean? Um, and, and I'll get the next one maybe, you know, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, you come up with the take, come up with your, what your version basically is going mm-hmm. to be. Um, iron out your pitch. There's different rules of thumbs, you know, for how long a pitch should be, but mm-hmm. like, you know. What do you I, prefer? Do you mind me asking? Honestly, like if I can't grab you within 15 minutes, like mm-hmm. if I have to go much, much longer than that, you know, I should be able to tell you like that, you know, it, my rule for pitching is this, is what I tell young writers. I'm like, you pitch all the time and you don't realize it. If I told you, and this is true, y'all going about to flame no, me. No, tell the bitches. I don't, I don't watch Game of Thrones and I've never seen it. <laughs> and if I asked you, <laughs> Game of Thrones, like what's you it about? <laughs> right, I know, right? But if I asked you what Game of Thrones about and you were passionate Game of Thrones, I'm like, motherfucker, let me tell you. Yes. Da, da, da. You right. can walk me through that shit, who the main characters mm-hmm. are, what's dope about it, like what season, you know what I mean? You could do that in about 15 minutes. Like if right. we were just chatting at a party, like you never saw, you know, if I, if I I never saw Jaws. You never saw Jaws? Right. Dog, Jaws. Okay. Brody, what the fuck is wrong with you? You don't know about the Quint scratching the board and but, shit. Uh, I'd be telling any of that without story. Without even realizing, just because you're passionate about it, you'd be like, okay, small little island, you know, community like off of New York somewhere, their busiest, you know, tourist season is, you know, 4th of July, right? That's mm-hmm. when they make all their money. They hire a new police chief. The guy didn't even fucking like the water. He just moved from New York City with his family. He's like, this is an easy gig. I won't have to do shit. And guess what the fuck happens? Finds out there's a killer shark. A fucking great white in the water around this tiny little island. They don't have the resources for this shit. So you're just going on and on. This right. is just, you know, you can, like, and, and you're what you're really doing is you're tell, you're pitching it to me. But once people, once writers here are like, no, okay, now you gotta walk into a room and pitch, then motherfucker, your throat gets right. all tight and right. you get all nervous because it's like, well, I gotta hit act one and this and this. I was like, no, no, just, just tell, tell it, the story. Just tell it like it was some dope shit, mm-hmm. this movie that you have or this show that you have that I've never seen before and you're gonna tell me why it's great yeah. or well, why, yeah, well, why well, it's well, gripping or whatever well, it is. Well, see, the, the, the thing that that I've learned on pitching is everything you're saying is exactly how you got to do it. You got to sell the emotion. You got to sell your passion about yeah. it. Did you the, see how much he lit up when yeah, he did that? Yeah, That's exactly. Exactly. Right. The, right. The, the thing about is that if you understand story, mm-hmm. then then you're going to automatically put in the act breaks when you're telling the story and right. you don't need to tell me right. and that's how we end act one. Yeah, you <laughs> don't. Let me say, when I was early uh-huh. in my career, I absolutely thought you had to do that and I remember that job Don Cornelius that I went <laughs> on. I pitched at MGM. I brought my thick ass packet because I would write all my shit out, my treatment or whatever and I was so nervous about forgetting a beat, I read it. I just basically did like, you know, like you go to Barnes and Noble and shit, there's a re- I just read it because I was like, I, I can't memorize all this. I'm just going to do it. And so I, whoever the head of the studio was was in the um, meeting. I can't remember this guy's name, but afterwards he said, hey, you know, I just want you to let you know you did a great job. He's like, but for future reference, don't ever come into a pitch and just read it. You know what I mean? He's like, and I was like, okay, thanks. And I'm thinking, well, I didn't get that job. But, uh, and then they fucking hired me. But I, but I never forgot that. So like, I'm not saying, like, I sometimes do. If I have something that's like, uh, you know, uh, is a lot of moments, like, I'll, I'll, I might bring in some pages and just mm-hmm. kind of glance at them every once in a while mm-hmm. so I don't forget something. That's or, totally okay. Or, or like, no that's cards totally or whatever. Okay. You don't have to memorize y- your no. pitch. The, the main thing is just, like, calm yourself down. Don't worry about, like, if they hire you, they're not going to worry about, God, I would have given that guy the job, but he didn't tell me where the second act break was, so fuck him. You know what right. I mean? Like, they're not going to, like, not <laughs> hire you for that if you get some technical little thing right or, 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 or wrong or whatever. It's, mm-hmm. the, the main thing is, like, make them excited or make them, if it's not like Jaws, if you're pitching, you know, fucking, I, I don't know, the hours or some shit. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, tell me why, like, why people will care. You know right. what I mean? Like, you know, and, 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 I, and as I said, you do it, we all do it all the time. All the time. Any good thing it, that you well, saw? But, but see, well, I, you know, yes, we we do it all the time and we don't know we're doing it. The mm. problem is is that we've all met people who are not good storytellers that's in true. person. Right. True. They don't know how to tell that's story true. in person. Right. That's true. And then that's the person that uh, that you wonder are they good on the page? But but the thing is y- you're not going to get the chance to pitch. Yeah. It, 
I mean, unless someone has read your work and says sure. you're fucking good, come in and tell me yeah. a story. Most, most, you know? most of the time, right? Not you know, if I've thought for a long time, and, and like we said, top of conversation, like this business is not fair. If you are an introvert. Mm-hmm. You just are, just don't feel comfortable talking to people, but a great writer like that that skill like pitching really doesn't have shit to do. Like I know from in my development days, there were writers who could come in and pitch their ass off. There was a guy who was like a stand up comedian, mm-hmm. and he was also a writer. This guy was so fucking good and have Bedberry rolling in the room, <laughs> and then his draft comes in and it's whack. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you know what I mean? Like pitching and writing are like completely different skills. Right. But the unfortunate part about it is, and I mean, unless somebody just reinvents the wheel. Most of the time, you're going to have to pitch, pitch. at some point. Right. You know what I mean? But, you know, I was going to say there's also the thing of like I, I wrote the Black Wall Street script, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's out everywhere, and the people who don't want to do it still want to meet me, right? Right. right? So I'm sure you've been there too. Yep. They're like, we can't afford this, but right. we'd love to meet the yep. writer. Yep. So you go in, and and what I have learned is I'm always telling people it's also about pitching yourself. It is. So if you know what your specialty is, yep. right, and I'm able to say, yeah, I wrote that script, but it, it, still, it still applies to the things that I write. Right. And I like underdog stories in this particular way. Yeah. And I'll describe that, and they're like, oh. Yeah. And they go, oh, I got you. Right. We have this other thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that is a pitch in itself. Yeah, it I is. I just pitch me. Yeah, no doubt. You, you, you absolutely are doing that, right. man. And I mean, and you know, there's no one right way to be. Right. There are, are writers who are very like outgoing. There are some who are quieter. There are some mm-hmm. who are kind of truculent. You know what I mean? Like, right. there's no one right way to be. If it, the bottom line is, if you bring something to it, if people want to fuck with you, they'll they'll find a reason to. Right. You can blow it for yourself. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. If, you're, if you're too much, of a dick, you know what I mean? Like I always you talk you know, too much. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? If, if you go off on tangents, yeah. if, I mean, yeah. you know, if you, I mean, I've seen people. Can, Chris, can I tell this story? Go ahead, can tell, I tell this story. Well, I, I don't know. So you're gonna tell? I'm gonna tell a story about you. I'm gonna tell a story about you and Chip. So they go into and it's and it's, it's shout fine. out to Will. It's shout out to Will. Yes, yeah, it's, 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 it's fine to sell this story now because everybody's going on and are their friends. But back in the day when I was working. For Carl Franklin's company, mm-hmm. I got. Oh God! <laughs> yeah, I got them. I know the story. I, listen, I anyway. Yeah, I know, I know, <laughs> so I got them. A, I got them a meeting with my boss, not Carl, but the development person or whatever. Uh, and she had, you know, had worked a lot of different development jobs over the years at different places or whatever. Right. And so uh, <laughs> you they, got Chris they, over there crying. And yeah, shit. So they come in. You know what I mean? I'm not sitting in the meeting. I'm like there in my. Even though we live together, I'm in there in my physical capacity. Hi, how you guys doing? Let me get you some water, or whatever. Like, ah, right. yeah, we're gonna go in here. So they're just like comfortable and chilling and being themselves or whatever. And like she's like, well, what kind of stuff do you guys like to do? Like, what do you like to write? And like, well, you know, we really like like kind of James Bond stuff. Da 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 da. It's like like for example, we wouldn't ever make something like like. And they just oh, first no. thing sprung right, <laughs> which was this Rusty Cundiff movie. You know what I mean? Um, I remember that joke. right, right. And, and 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 she was like, oh yeah, really? She's they're like, yeah, you know, like that's not really, you know what I mean? Like that kind of shit, you know. And so she goes, okay, goes the rest of the movie, don't say nothing. Right. And then before they, hey, nice to meet you guys. Everybody's feeling like that. She goes, just so you know, I'm just going to tell you this going forward. She's like, I used to work before here. I worked at uh, what not TriStar, not TriStar, it was some other fucking something. And she goes, I was one of the execs on Sprung. (laughs) She goes, you. She's like, before you go into a room. Know who you're meeting with. Mm-hmm. Do a little research and be careful about what you say. It's like I like you guys. Your friends who have duels. I'm not going to hold this against you, yeah. but don't do that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's, it's like you know, well, yeah. there's a lesson. Oh, there's oh, a lesson. Because I mean, sometimes you got to learn <laughs> it in a bad way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Because like you know, he. Would, I mean, we told him the story, mm-hmm. but in the room, <laughs> oh. we were like a little sharper with our criticism of that movie. <laughs> right, right. That was oh, some I, dog I know you, I know you <laughs> bitches. <laughs> I mean, and I've like mellowed since then. So yeah, yeah, you had. Absolutely sharp. Yeah, but it was, but you know, but also this was, I mean, you have, there's no excuse to make that mistake now because everything is Googleable, right? Easy. And, yeah. and this is like late 90s or whatever. So like, it's not like, you know, like this is back in the days when there was no internet. Like yeah. you had it, but you didn't necessarily know what execs worked on no. shit or whatever. Like, yeah, like, you know what I mean? Like, like that was no. hard to figure out. Yeah, yeah. So we don't have studio system. You know, like, right, right, right. Studios, I forget about that. But, um, but yeah, so that like those are like kind of like self-inflicted wounds. Right. So don't be like Chris Derrick is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> don't, don't, yeah, yeah, don't, nah. don't, 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 don't. It's interesting because you know, like I remember when we, um, you know, when we met, when you know, like the the first studio job we got was with Wendy Feinerman, and we mm-hmm. went into Fox to sell this thing. And I was like, okay, we have to know everything about this woman's movies, you know, mm-hmm. and like the movie she did before, she did a movie. Um, 
she was coming off a flop. She was coming off this Tony Scott flop called The Fan. Oh, is that a... Uh, with De, with Denzel, De, Niro De Niro and Wesley. And then she had a movie... I like that, that movie. I don't know why that was a flop. Uh, neither <laughs> do I. Neither do I. Um, and... Um, and she was working on a movie about these like female bank robbers was mm. like the big thing. And I was like, what are we doing? I mean, I was just, I couldn't wrap my head around who we were meeting with, you right. know, I'm like what, I mean, I, and I was kind of like, I don't know if I can do that type you know, like I just felt, but I was like, I didn't say anything. Right. I, 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 right. I, 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 I was yeah. cool, be excited, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, I mean, it was a weird thing because she had produced Forrest Gump. So it was like, you know, it was this weird thing, mm. but but we went in the room and we pitched them, and it was just is this you know same thing you were saying like we like we went to this pitch and I, they were like can you come in over the phone first? Mm. We did it over the phone, right. and we thought we fucked and we, we, th- we thought we too. fucked that up. Like all then, writers do. Then like two months later, we came in and we went in. And there was the room of people when we because right. we went first and got out. But I remember we were in the room, and I just was like, I was telling Chip, I was like, we just have to let them know that. That we think that they do great work, not be obsequious, mm-hmm. but let them know that we that because the thing that you don't people don't kind of realize this is that someone who's got you know for Scump, the fan, a bunch of movies off you know they've done how hard it is just to get a movie done. Right. Mm. Someone who's got three or four, ten movies mm-hmm. done really knows the, to navigate the game, and it doesn't, right. and, it, and it, and it almost doesn't matter what they've done. Yeah, they've done them yeah. to yeah. get that you know, green light. To, 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 to get the green yes. light, I yep. mean, and too much shit. Can, you know, and, and in I, production I tell all the time, nobody sets out to make a bad movie. No, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean, you know, not you, Yeah, I mean, other than maybe like the room or whatever. You know, but that guy, I think, even had. You know what I mean? Like he, he, thought won, he, was, he, was, he was proving a point, though. I think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying. But like, right. I mean, it's, you know, and things can go left sometimes that are not your fault. You know, I heard this. I heard this. Um. I think Craig, yeah, Craig Megan was saying this one time. He was like, um, you know, development executives and every producers they they want to keep the movie in development as long as they can mm. because the minute they give it the green light, they're held hostage by the director and the actors because mm. anything could happen and they can't unless they're gonna shut the movie down. Right? They don't really then it's all out of their hands. Yeah. The footage comes in at the end of the day, or they might go to the set and look at the, what the fuck happened. What happened? Yeah. What and we got to rewrite shit tonight and get it to the set tomorrow, <laughs> and we got to now re rejigger shit. I mean, and it's like things are going crazy, mm-hmm. and so and that's where you never know what's gonna happen with a movie. And uh, that's why with everybody who gets them done, I mean, people got offices, the four or five mm. posters on the wall. Mm-hmm. It's just mad respect to all of them. It doesn't matter if you hated that movie. Right. It's like, dude, you know what? They got the movie. They, they made, got yeah. millions of dollars. No doubt. You right. know. Yep. So, um, yeah. yeah and, and learn that shit. And yeah. not be, yeah, you can't make comments. You know. Abdul, so when did you get to lottery ticket? And All right, I'll tell you how that came about. Shout um, out to Eric, by the way, Eric, yeah, Eric yeah. White. Mm-hmm. So um, by that Trying point, to get his ass on the show. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, like he, he busy directing himself. Yeah, he no, he, he stays working. He stays working. <laughs> by that time, I had I was rep uh, by a new place uh, at the time was called uh, Evolution. Mm-hmm. Um, they've since changed to uh, Primary Wave. And so um, I went from the manager that I had that got me those first two uh, gigs. The person that I was working with, she left the business, and I, I needed someone. And uh, uh, her boyfriend was a manager at this place, uh, Evolution. Mm-hmm. So yeah, hey, you know, Afsun <laughs> and was my manager. Yeah, and and uh, Andrew Wilson was, uh, you know. Um, so all, all of us have since moved on, whatever, uh, from this place. But Evolution signed me, and Evolution was a relatively big, you know, ma- management company at the time. Mm-hmm. And one of their clients was Eric White, right. who. Who had been making you know videos for everybody? everybody. I mean, like yeah, he's Hype Williams' uh, nephew, nephew, yeah, mm-hmm. or a cousin, or something like that. But the but you know even beyond that, like he had he was one of the A list in like video directors. So damn it, I mean you can Google him, like you know he's yeah. he if you liked it in like the late nineties, early two thousands <laughs> era, probably he probably directed shit. it, yeah, right. Sure. <clears throat> and but he also he was trying to like you know. As you know, there was the video director boom when like a lot of guys got chances when Eric was like he was on deck. And he was a dude who also wasn't just like looking to like take a gig that somebody offered him. Like he had ideas, you know what I mean, for what he thought, you know. So um our managers like, you know, they they he's like, you know, they were saying, like, you know, listen, meet with Eric. He has this idea. He's talked to you know a few writers about it, but nobody's come up with the right take. Mm-hmm. And we really think, you know, you guys be right for this. So or you might be right for this. So I, I meet with Eric, we vibe, we hit it off, and he's like, Well, basically it's this. He's like, I grew up in New York. I, I you know, he lived in Brooklyn and a couple other little boroughs or whatever. He was like, and I remember, man, 
in those days, like the kind of hoods that he grew up in, if you got like a new TV, you better have, if you bought like a big screen TV, you better have, bring that shit in at night. Don't let nobody see that you got it. You know what I mean? Because you're, you're a target. Right. You can't let, in the hoods, you can't let people know you got money. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And and so he was like, uh, what would happen? Except for your car. Right, right. Yeah, that you can show out. You know what I mean? But like, you know, but like, you know, something, you know. So he was like, I was always thinking, he was like, you know, when I see like these things about like lottery winners, it's always like some you know, buddy in like the middle America, West Virginia, whatever, and like, I'm gonna buy, I'm gonna do this. You know what I mean? He's like, but nobody from the hood ever seems to win the lottery. You know what I mean? And, and, and people, but, in, people in trailer parks win, yeah, though, don't yeah. they? Well, now here's the thing. I mean, you know, because I mean, we're from Cleveland. The number in the lottery are two different things. Like, yeah. the, playing the number, it goes back to like Bumpy Johnson. Oh, yeah. Shit. Like, oh, that's, yeah. you know, that's, that's like, the, that's like, that's like, shit. Yeah, that's, that's very, making money. what they that's call, making used money. To call policy or whatever. Yeah, like, when right. I was growing up, when I was growing up, dog, everybody in my family plays the number, right? Yes. I thought that's what the lottery was. You know what I mean? Like I didn't know that there was like a state the lottery. Bookies and shit coming yeah. by. Yeah. Number with the little book. That's yeah, a, that's so, a nigga lottery. Yeah, it, it, it is though. I mean, but you know, you could play for like a penny, five cents. Right. You know what I mean? You hit straight a box. You know what I mean? The shit comes out. And, 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 to, and, and it wasn't until I was an adult that I was like, I was like, how did it work? Basically, for anybody who doesn't know, the number would work with it was the la- whatever the last three digits were of that day's uh, the um, stock market. Yeah, when right. it, whatever it closed at, that's how you knew it couldn't cheat. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So whatever the last three digits were that's what the the number was for that day and blah 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 so anyway so um eric's like he's like what if a kid like what i was when i was young won the lottery and lived in the hood what would you do hmm. and that was what he had basically and i was like that's a fucking great idea hmm. you know i can i mean automatically i can see what like your problems are going to be right. you know and then so uh the biggest element that i brought that i think uh clicked for him was i was like you know what would be great what if he what if he won it and it was a holiday weekend and he couldn't mm. turn it in right away? Yeah. So he had to just like keep had to this live shit. with it. Yeah, he had to just yeah. sit there like and, mm. and like who do you tell, who do you not tell? Right. Like what do you do when you're carrying something that's got so much fucking value, but until you turn it in, it isn't valuable mm-hmm. yet. Not yet. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so uh I, I was just like, he just have to navigate this weekend and right. maybe he tells one person, and that person tells somebody, and then before you know it, the hood finds out right. that you got this fucking ticket. And you know, so that was uh, the the premise that that we work from. And, uh, you know, I broke the story, you know what I mean? Just, you know, trying different, you know, incarnations of it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and we, we ended up uh, ultimately selling it to... Um, did you guys go out with a picture or did you write a script first? This is a funny thing, man. This is like light, <clears throat> lightning in a bottle. Um, I came up with my pitch and mm-hmm. I wrote a treatment, like kind of a detailed treatment. Right. Um, and I was, you know, we were just getting ready to set the pitch meetings. This was in like fall 2006. And then I had like a moment of, you know, I sound so confident pitching now, but at the time I wasn't. And so I called my manager. I was like, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. We can't cancel the pitch meetings. I'm not ready to take it out. They're like, we can't cancel the pitch meetings. We got to just, you know, and I was like, I, I, I'm telling you right now, I'm going to fuck this up. I've been working I've, I've been working all this time on this damn thing. And like, I'm going to go and I'm not going to be able to pitch it right. Like, just get, I need another week. They go. And so somebody said, look, look, how about this? You've written this document. We all love the document. What if we just send it out to a few places? Let them read it first. And then you'll know if they like it, you're walking into a friendly room and like, it'll take the pressure off. And That's I said, different. so I said, mm-hmm. I said, great. That's a great idea. <clears throat> so they do that. And what ended up happening was a bidding war broke out over the treatment. I never did take a meeting. You that know what never mean? happens. Don't yeah, get used that, to yeah, that, yeah, yeah. It never <laughs> happens. It's never <laughs> happened since. You know, right. you know what I mean? When I tell people that, I'm like, I'm like, that was just this crazy thing. Mm-hmm. And Rogue Pictures, and I'm trying to remember, like, there was a couple of other other companies, and like, they all just started, like, you know. So Rogue was like, "We'll make you an offer to just take this. If you say yes, we'll take this offer. We don't want to like have this escalate and get into this this pitch war mm-hmm. or whatever." So uh, they made a really great offer. It was more money than. I I ever made and I was mm-hmm. like yes take it you know what I mean mm-hmm. so uh, so they it was uh, Rogue and Focus were um, I had done a job for Focus I think the year before like a, 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 an assignment that I got um, and then you know um, so they were like sort of familiar with me or whatever and Rogue they were like this is when all the studios had little indie banners whatever mm-hmm. Rogue and Focus were their thing so Rogue Pictures buys it um, we sold it in um, December of uh, 2006 and then I start writing it in 2007 and, um, Is there a strike the next year? Yes, uh, you're, you're leading me right. You're, you're picking up what I'm laying down. So, uh, so I, I write it, and uh, I write it. Uh, you know, during the first part of uh, 2007, mm-hmm. um, I turn in my first draft, get my notes, and I remember one of the notes was, and I mean, everybody loved my treatment that they wrote. And when I, the first meeting that I had at Rogue, it was so weird. I walk in there like expecting them to tell me everything. That they, they were like, "Hey, we love this treatment. Just write this." Like we really don't have any notes. I was like, <laughs> I was like, all right. Right. You know, so I go off and I do it and I've had everything all structured right. And then when they got the first draft in, they said, you know what? 
third act not working. You're gonna have to come up with a whole new thing. You know what I mean? And I was like, what? You know what I mean? You know, and so it's so, you guys love this shit. Well, y'all motherfuckers. Yeah, this is around late summer uh, of 2007. I'm already hearing the drum beats of war. <laughs> it's kind of similar to right now. Mm-hmm. And um, and so like, you know, at the time it was like all the studios were basically just like, we want to get everybody commenced that we have to get commenced. Before a possible uh, work stop, but you know, before like the strike, because you know they they weren't sure if we were really serious, if we were really going to walk out. So they just hurried hurried up, I think, and 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 commenced me to write the second draft. But then before I could actually do it, strike happened, and mm-hmm. so I had, it was like you know pencils down. Tell people again where you at on Instagram. Uh, Abdul the writer, right? Yeah. Where you at, Chris? Unauthorized CBD on Instagram and Twitter. Instagram, <clears throat> and I'm your host, Hilliard Guest. You guys can find me on Twitter at Hilliard Guest. You guys can follow the show, Screenwriters RR on Twitter. Any questions, screenwritersrantroom at gmail.com. Please go on iTunes, uh, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, whatever you listen to. Give us a five-star review. We need that for the metrics. Follow us. Share the show. Where are we, Chris? Uh, And on our Patreon page, please donate because donation is love. (laughs) Exactly. And uh, Lisa will be back soon. Soon and very soon, we are going to see the king. Some shit like that. Um, mm. <laughs> we stupid. Anyway. Uh, let me think. Anything. Hey, thank you, Maurice, for sitting in with us. Oh, yeah, we just have some of the young writers sitting in. Sometimes just getting some game. Sure. And it gives them a chance to you know meet yeah. an OG. Hey, from way back. I guess that's what I am from now. Way back. Yeah, Look. yeah, 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 man. <laughs> Jesus Christ, it's been a long journey. <laughs> we yeah. we all getting gray hair. All of us. Yeah. Like, just old yeah. fuck. Now, I'm due for a fade right now. That's what I said. <laughs> Anyway, so everybody joining me, <laughs> y'all know how we do it on the rant room on the show. We keep it real, we keep it opinionated, we keep it what everybody. 2019. 2019. All right. Peace, y'all. All right. Well, you gotta be a rider Till your fears are diminishing The doubts are behind ya It's hard to grind And the business got me stressed In the rent room We let that shit up off our chest You know the street nerds Got no time for no caca Sass in class Yes, that's Lisa Bolakaja Never have to guess When you're listening to Hilliard He gon' bring more game Than a shark playing billiards It's all about the crap of screenwriting It's exciting when you turn an outline Into something enlightening Your pen and words Are like bullets in a gun Write what you feel Say what you want Welcome to the Red Room.